Lorna Simcox, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Hi, Chris. It's great to be here. Lorna Simcox is the editor and chief of Israel My Glory. Lorna, we talk a lot about Israel My Glory on uh, on our radio program. We always uh, invite people to subscribe to the magazine Israel My Glory. And I'll just remind our friends listening right now one more time that if you are not a subscriber, if you've never subscribed before to Israel My Glory, you can go right to our website, foiradio.org. And right there, you can subscribe and get a year free uh, subscription. That's six free issues uh, of real timely, insightful articles about what's happening in Israel and in the in the in the Christian world as well. So I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org to sign up for a year free subscription. And Larna, we, we have our new website, right? Yes, we do. Our new Israel My Glory website, israelmyglory.org. All one place. And this is the fun thing about the new Israel My Glory website is that not only can you read articles there from Israel My Glory, but now if you subscribe and get the archive access, we're supplying our friends and followers of the Friends of Israel uh, with back issues of Israel My Glory. And we're and we're hoping to bring them back to what year, Larna? Hopefully we'll go all the way back to the beginning, which is 1942. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I, we have a lot of great people who follow, who read Israel My Glory, who love Israel My Glory, and now we'll be able to supply them with issues that go back to the beginning. That's not available just yet, but as the year rolls on, we'll be opening up more and more issues that go back to the beginning. Larna, do you know, this is just, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but do you know what the first issue of Israel My Glory was about? Well, it introduced the magazine because there wasn't one before that. So the uh, founders of the ministry, really, the ministry was founded just a few years earlier in 1938. They felt it was too difficult to try and communicate with every individual uh, person who was Part, becoming part of the ministry, and they thought it would be better to start what they called a newsletter, really. It wasn't so much a magazine back then. Israel My Glory has really evolved over the it years really into an award-winning magazine, a real honest-to-goodness magazine. You know, in the old days, it was a little black-and-white pamphlet, but that was what was done in the 40s. It was during World War II, and things were different back then. Yes, but the, the thing I love, you, you know, you talk about things being different the thing that I love about the scriptures that is that even though things were different, the the message is the same. Absolutely the same. It, it's the 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 core message of the gospel of Jesus the Messiah. The core message that God has a plan for Israel and the Jewish people, despite the circumstances of the world, remains the same yes. as it was in 1942 to 2018. That's right. Isn't that amazing? It is. Praise God. That's His word. It's it's true. It's everlasting and it, it's never shaken. So that's awesome. Now, now let's move. So friends, again, go to israelmyglory.org, our new website. Check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. But I didn't bring Lorna in here to just talk about the website. We, we have our new and latest issue of Israel My Glory, our March-April edition out now uh, called Mastering the Art of Redefinition. A look at how some theological terms are being altered to mean something Different And Lorna, you and I were talking before uh, we went on the air about where this concept came from. Can you share a little bit with our listeners? Sure, Chris. Well, this really 
shows Jim uh, Showers' heart. Jim is, as you know, is our president and executive director. And uh, he has a real heart for the ministry and for purity, with theological purity. And it has, it came to his attention a while back that a lot of people don't understand what's going on in Christianity today when it comes to theology because things are being changed, just like they're being changed in society. For example, the word tolerance used to mean you put up with something. Now it means you have to accept it. Right. And uh, there are all kinds of changes going on. And that's happening in Christianity in a different way. Terms are being changed. There used to be just dispensationalism. If you were a dispensationalist, everybody knew that meant you did not think Israel was the church. You did not think the church was Israel. You separated the two, and you generally used the literal, grammatical, historical hermeneutic. Well, now there's two dispensationalisms. Mm -hmm. There's classical dispensationalism and progressive dispensationalism, and they're slightly different. And depending upon... uh, for example, if you are on a pulpit committee and you are a, let's say you're a progressive dispensationalist, that's not what Friends of Israel is. We are classical, but let's say you're a progressive dispensationalist and you are looking for a pastor who is the same as the church doctrine. Well, you might find that you're interviewing a candidate and he is classical. Well, you have to know the difference. Mm-hmm. And it goes the other way, vice versa. So Jim and I were talking about this one day, and I thought, you know, this would really, there are enough changes in theological terms that we could make up an entire magazine and tell our people what's going on. And uh, we had a meeting, and Jim asked Mike Stollard, who is our international ministries director, Mike used to be the um, dean at Baptist Bible Seminary, and he was also the head of the PhD program there, and he, of course, has a doctorate in theology. So we sat there, and we discussed the different ramifications, and we discussed the theology, and then we put together some articles, and we figured out who we wanted to write them, and we came up with a magazine. And it's an important magazine because it deals with some of the issues of the terminology that's being mm-hmm. used and, and the language that's being used. And, and you wrote something great right from the beginning of the magazine. Uh, it's You always have in the beginning of the magazine a letter from the editor. And, and I want to quote you on this and we can have a conversation about it. You say this, doctrine may sometimes seem daunting to those of us without degrees in theology, But we need to understand what is happening in Christendom in order to make wise decisions in all sorts of matters. We must know what we believe, why we believe it, and be able to recognize the warning signs when we meet a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, uh, Can you share a little bit about what you were thinking when when you wrote that? Well, it's pretty much the theme of my, uh, my column here. I've been hearing more and more stories about and they're distressing stories, I might add, about people who are applying for a pastor's position in a church. Usually these stories involve Israel, unfortunately, because the world seems to be moving away from support of Israel, the evangelical world, and 
a lot of people are going to covenant theology, which does not see a future for Israel. And they're applying for positions in dispensational churches, which do see a future for Israel and keep Israel and the church separate. Well, unfortunately, what's happening is because they want the position in the church, they are not being exactly upfront with the pulpit committee. They'll say um, that they agree with certain things, but then when you start to question them, and you really, if you know the right questions to ask, you can finally figure out that they are replacement theology. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them, you'll, you'll ask, this pastor who talked to me, uh, he said, well, the church asked, the public committee asked, well, what, what were you gonna do? Just take the job and knowing that you didn't agree with us? And the key was yes. And he was going to change the church's doctrine and move it to mm-hmm. a replacement position and away from support of Israel. And it's, it's interesting that you ask me this because I got an email from someone who, uh, on our staff actually, who said, I'm so glad you wrote that because I see this over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and we needed to say something. Yeah, and you know, what the issue, especially when we're talking about Israel, is that on the laundry list of theological issues that a pastor might deal with, uh, you know, for us at the Friends of Israel, it's very important. It, it drives who we are and our mission as an organization um, to teach biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah. Uh, but, you know, for a pastor who might not have gone to seminary uh, at a dispensational school or whatever the case might be, um, it's low on the list. And so it definitely, if it's not, outright that he agrees or disagrees with it, it's definitely gets put as an issue on the back burner. And that's an important, as you're talking about here, a doctrinal issue that, that needs to be dealt with. And one of the, the pitfalls, I think, of moving away from this position is a lot of the churches that do move away from it tend to move away towards a social gospel position where they want there's nothing wrong with doing uh, good works and becoming involved in the community. I'm all for that. And Friends of Israel has lots and lots of things that we do uh, here and abroad to help people. But that isn't the gospel. And it seems that a lot of churches that move away from Israel tend to go into a social gospel mode. Now, I'm not saying all of them, Mm -hmm, of course, but mm -hmm. I've seen that even personally. And that's actually one of the issues, as I wanted to talk about that too, the redefinition of the gospel in our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory, Mastering the Art of Redefinition. And you you brought up this issue uh, and this topic of the redefinition of even the term gospel. Um, and Bruce Scott wrote an article called Redefining the Gospel, a look at the good new, a true good news and how it's been turned into different news today. And one of the issues that he touches on is the social justice gospel. Um, and it's not that it's, you know, James lets us know that true religion um, in James chapter one is actually uh, feeding the poor and ministering to widows. And, and that is very important. But what's happening in the with a social justice gospel is that it, it, in our age today, it seems to leave behind 
the essence of what the real life-changing message of the gospel is all about. I, I agree completely, Chris. I really love this article. I, the social gospel is nothing new, but it seems to be becoming very, very prevalent now. It seems that churches that actually preach the gospel of salvation are moving toward the social gospel. I loved the paragraph here. I'd like to read it that Bruce wrote, and he said, as much as God loves the poor, they do not always take priority. Even Jesus said, for you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. And this is the point I wanted to make. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, he did not tell Joseph to call Mary's son Jesus because he will save people from poverty, injustice, and social inequity. He told him, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people mm. from their sins. Mm. And that is humanity's greatest need. That's right. Is salvation from sin. And, and, and that is, for me, when, I, when we're talking about the redefinition of terms, that's the starting point of the gospel. It is not that we don't want to help the poor. It is not that we don't want to help the widow. It's not that we don't want to call out injustices. We've been called to do that as Christians, but our first priority is to bring the message of true salvation, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that we might have a relationship with God. That change in us is what compels us to help others. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Another term, though, that I want to talk about, we talked about the gospel here. Uh, one more, one last one, the redefinition of the term Israel. Well, being a Jewish believer, I have a real problem with redefining Israel because Israel mean, is Jacob. Yes. We, the tribes of Israel are the tribes of Jacob, the sons of Jacob. The church is never called Jacob anywhere in Scripture. So Israel, ha Israel is Israel. It's the sons of Israel. It's the, it's the sons, sons of, of Jacob. Israel. It's Jacob. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a national identity to that yes. as well, right? It's not a, just a spiritual aspect, which is where I think most Christians want to take it. That Israel represents some type of. This is the way they redefine the term. They take Israel to mean more of a spiritual component. That anybody who follows God and trusts in God through Jesus is a spiritual descendant of of abraham right which which but paul, not of jacob right which which is what paul does talk about but but this is interesting and so uh is the the term israel gets redefined and you know you're talking about the issue again back to your uh, back to your uh letter from the editor you talk about the issue of doctrine uh, wouldn't you say it's important if somebody really does if they're listening right now somebody really does care about israel the jewish people that god has a future for israel and the jewish people that they should go to talk to their pastor and see where he feels his uh his, his you know That's view probably of an excellent idea. Yeah, that could say a lot about the church that you're it in. It could. Yes. And a lot of times the church is dealing with a lot of different things and that never comes up. So you don't know outright because he might not be preaching on it. But there's always an underlying current that will filter in if the pastor feels there's no place that God is done with Israel, he's finished with the Jewish people, there's going to be something that will come out in his message somehow, in, in the, the way the church does things. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know what kind of a church you're going to. Right. And we're not saying get up and leave your church or anything like that, but it's important to know where your leadership has uh, their, that where they 
theologically toe the line. And and that's why for me, my friends, it's always important for us to have the voice of uh, Israel My Glory, the editor-in-chief of Israel My Glory with us, Lorna Simcox. Lorna, thanks for coming on and sharing about uh, the most recent issue of Israel My Glory, Mastering the Art of Redefinition. I want to encourage our listeners one more time. If you are not a subscriber, don't wait. You can go right now. You can go to foiradio.org and you can get a one-year free subscription to Israel My Glory if you've never subscribed before. So don't wait for, what an amazing opportunity. And for our listeners who maybe get Israel My Glory and have loved the past issues, you can go to israelmyglory.org and sign up and begin to get issues. And hopefully by the end of the year, you'll be able to get issues all the way back to 1942. You won't want to miss out on that opportunity. That's israelmyglory.org. And then also don't forget about our website, foiradio.org. Lorna, thank you for coming. You are a blessing. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for joining us.